I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 98, my friend's kids are excluding my kid. What should I do? You said something a while ago that kind of caught my attention. I wondered if there was something more there that you choose not to be friends with your kids, friends, parents. So do you just have, like, why do you have that rule? You just don't believe that best friends of your kids should interact, like sh- should be close with the other family, the parents. You know, it's it's one of those things, like mostly, Rena, being a psychologist is probably not very good for parenting, right? Like mostly, <laughs> it's probably better not to have a parent who's a psychologist. I don't know but about that. But occasionally, I think so. But occasionally, there are things where I'm like, oh, I have seen how this goes down, or I have seen how this mm. can go wrong. Ah. And with that foresight, often you know, drawn out of my own clinical practice or whatever, I've been able to make certain choices. So like, for example, we never let our kids take to- take to- sorry, take technology in their rooms, yeah. you know, from the yeah. get-go. I only knew that because of my work. Like I, you know, mm. a lot of families, you know, only discover that in retrospect. And so this was one where I had seen it happen enough that the parents become friends with the kids' parents, their friends, the parents of their own kids' friends. Mm-hmm. And then um, the kids have a falling out or have a problem, mm-hmm. and then it gets really awkward. So I was like, I'm just staying clear of that. That makes total sense when you explain it. And interesting, we got a letter kind of alluding to this some similar problem. So I want to address this and get your take on it. It says, I have a question that has not been addressed and is something that I struggle with. How do you navigate being friends with the parents at your kid's school when your kids are also in the same grade? 
And what do you do when the kids of these parents do things that are not nice or they slight or exclude your kid from activities? How do you separate the two or can you? How do you not let the kids' stuff start interfering with the parents' relationships? Wow. Okay. Um, First off, when I was growing up, the, the school, the public school in Tampa, Florida was just so big that I felt like my parents had a separate, you know, my parents from India, like a totally separate social circle. So this was never an issue in the 80s and 90s. It, true, true. My parents, I don't even think they knew the parents of the kids I hung out with. I mean, they sort of had a vague recognition, may have like nodded to them in the grocery store. But I feel like this is something that's very generational. Like I, mm. I think that this we're now into a generation where this is much more common. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say, just in defense of becoming friends with the parents of your kids' friends, this especially is easy to do when your kids are young because I don't know if this is your experience, Rena, but I found a lot of raising little kids to be fairly boring. You yeah. know, like this is true, and nobody bored. says this publicly. So I'm glad you did. (laughs) And so I actually, in truth, I did have people where we would hang out together because you have a three or a four-year-old, you know, or two-year-old, and you become friends with them because you can then have a human being to speak to in the long hours of hanging out with two, three, four, or five-year-olds. And so this is one of those things where I don't want people to feel like, I think it's bizarre or somehow inexplicable that you could end up being quite close with somebody because of your kids. You know, they go to school together or preschool together. Like, it's very easy to fall into this. But then comes the fact that the kids start to have their own opinions about this Mm -hmm. or kids don't always get along over time or so natural to development, Rena. You know, by fifth or sixth grade, kids really change who they're friends with often. You know, that they just do. Yeah. And I even find younger in elementary, they have very strong opinions of the kids they like and don't like, the kids they want to spend time with, the kids they don't want to, which I think is healthy and good. Like they know what they like. And, and, um, but you're right when they're younger, I think that you're automatically friends with people who have kids the same age, because let's face it, they're not, you can't always take kids at that age everywhere. And when you have parents who have kids the same age, they kind of understand and get it. Absolutely. And I think about like the long hours I spent with Dear friends, you know, where you're just keeping your two and three-year-old safe while you guys just enjoy one cup of coffee after another, right? And like, that's how, that's for me how I could enjoy parenting two and three-year-olds the most. Like, whether, you know, true confessions, that's what it was about. Okay, so now into this letter. Okay, so this stinks, right? These are the letter writer's friends whose kids are excluding her kid. And the letter writer doesn't know what to do with this information or how they how to respond appropriately. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where do you want to start with this? Well, I'm just curious. Explain to me, I get it, like the parents are friends, but how does this really manifest in real life, particularly in the adolescent years, girls versus boys? Like where do you in your clinical practice, where have you seen this like the trickiest to navigate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's what it looks like in real life. This is where social media just does not help us once Mm -hmm. again. You know, so what it looks like is, okay, so say it's a, I'm going to just make this up, a friend group of four moms, right? And say they each have a daughter and say those four daughters have enjoyed one another's company third, fourth, fifth grade. Let's just sort of say like that's a very, you know, plausible, you know, scenario. And then let's say that come sixth grade, 
three of those girls are getting together for sleepovers or whatever, and they're making TikToks and they're posting stuff and they're hanging out where the fourth child, through the magic of social media, can see it all and see that, you know, the four has become a three and she is the left out kid. So like this is the kind of scenario you hear about all the time. And so that's how it would happen. And, you know, obviously this could happen so easily and it's very easy to picture this happening. So now the kid and the letter writer, let's say in this scenario, are very well aware of who's not at that party. Mm-hmm. That's and they're how totally happens. left out and it feels like absolute crap because now they see everyone's hanging out and they're not included. But, but well, how do you- Actually, let me stop you there, Rena. Okay. Feels like crap for who? Like that's for your kid, right? And well, the letter writer doesn't say that, so we have to ask that question. So the letter writer, the kid may come and be like, "Check it out, mom. You know, girls one, two, and three are all making TikToks over a girl two's house without me," and shows the parent. But I think the first question we have to ask is, "How does the kid feel about this?" Because in the letter. That didn't come up. Hmm. And so I think as much as the parent might be like, this is awful. Like, how could you not be included? And how could the parent who's hosting not have invited you? Yeah. I think the first question we have to ask is, you know, to the kid who's not included, how do you feel about the fact that that's happening? Or are you okay with not being included? Oh my gosh, I have such a visceral reaction maybe because having we've all had that feeling of being left out. We know what that feels like, especially in those years. But you're saying don't just assume like maybe they're okay with it. They might be, right? They might be. And I'm like you just don't know. And I think the thing that is so true about let's assume it's like that kind of 5th, 6th, 7th grade mm-hmm. um swamp of social activity, right? Like dark swamp of social activity. There are so many variables, so many dynamics, so many currents running through that that are totally opaque to adults. Like we have to really um, honor that, that there's a lot we don't get and there's a lot we don't, don't understand. But we do need to leave open the possibility that the kid four in this scenario, as I'm calling her, might be like, I'm really glad not to be there. Like wow. they get they get up to stuff I don't want to be part of, or we've started to go our separate ways at school. It's totally cool. I don't mind that I'm not there. Like we need to create room for that possibility because then it still leaves a question of what is the parent going to do with their own feelings about that? But you've taken the kid out of it because the kid's like, it's okay. It's okay. Or it's a relief. Or it bugs me, but not that much, right? I mean, we want to make room for all of those possibilities. Mm, I never thought that would be an option. So where, how do you think for the parent who has their child excluded, you're saying, okay, don't just assume that this is a horrible thing. Maybe it's a way for them to peel away from the group or something. But let's say it's not. Let's say they really feel hurt and excluded. Like, So what do you do then? Okay. So actually, let's go back and play it out if the kid's okay, because the parent may still feel like they've got a problem. So if the kid's like, yeah, whatever, I don't need to be there, then the parent's like, huh, okay, what should I do with this? If my kid's okay with it, do I need to be okay with it, right? Should Mm -hmm. at least my kid have been invited, right? Like that's a question that might be worth asking. And 
I think a parent could feel like, you know, it would be okay, but it's sort of weird that you weren't even asked. Like I could see that that could be something that sort of lingers and bothers. But what I would say, Rena, is if the kid is okay with it, and this is a great universal rule in all of kids' social lives, if the kid's okay with it, the parent probably has to be okay with it too. Yes. Right? Like we really need to follow their lead. We don't understand all the dynamics. You know, it, it really, it really should be the most important thing is how the kid feels. And then the parent has to decide, how much do I care about these adult friendships? Does my connection to this group of parents hinge on my kid's inclusion or do I like them separately enough? Can I just leave this entirely to the side? I think that Mm. that's something that the adult needs to work out on their own time. But if the kid's okay with it, I don't know that it's worth making a thing of it with the other parents. Yeah. So, But that's only if the kid's okay with it. I want to talk a little bit about exclusion. We're going to pause, take a quick break, and we'll pick this up at the other side of this. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. 
Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. We're talking about being friends with your kids' friends' parents. And what do you do when suddenly you find that your kid has been excluded? So I, 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 you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I would assume more than not, when your kid finds out they were excluded from something that everyone else went to, they probably don't feel good about it. Even though you, you're saying to us, don't assume that this is a bad thing necessarily. Talk to them, ask them how they feel. But what do you do if your child really does feel bad that they're excluded and you're friends with the parents? Yeah, right. Okay, so let's assume, and I agree with you, more likely they're going to be like, whoa, ouch, you know, like, yeah, you know, and especially if they're showing it to the parent, there's probably a reason that they're showing it to the parent. And so then I think step number one is coach your kid at home, like talk about it at home, keep it in the house, right? So I think the parent might say, wow, like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I can see why you're upset. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. what do you make of that? Right? Yeah. Really see if you can't um, be curious with your kid about how they understand why they weren't invited. Um, also, and this is, I think, one of the hardest things to do in all of parenting, be open to the possibility that your kid may have done something that is tricky for those other kids, maybe wasn't nice or, you know, talk badly about them to other people. And so the kids were like, we're not inviting you. You're trashing us all over the sixth grade, you know. Mm-hmm. So gently, gently say, like, what do you think happened here? You know, looking back on, you know, your interactions with them, is there anything you think that, you know, you might have done on, you know, purposely or not that could account for this? So I think, you know, have that conversation, which of course, Rena, like, any parent in this scenario is probably like spraining a muscle not to pick up the phone and call that other right, parent. Exactly right, exactly right. Totally. <laughs> you know, totally like, right. Right. These are my friends. Why aren't you there? Completely. Right. Completely. So we're asking, right, a lot, which is just to say, like, you know, slow your roll, try to talk it through with your kids, see what your kid can do with it. And then if your kid's like, I have no idea why I'm not included. Like, this feels super weird. I don't get it. I think then the next question is to say to your kid, do you want to try to talk with those girls about why you're not there? Like, do you want to raise it in a really respectful but also assertive way to see if you can get to the bottom of it? I feel like kids I think, would never do that at that age. They're so scared. They, they, you know, it's just, it's a lot of pressure. It's hard for adults to even do that, right? Well, do you exactly. see kids really doing that? Well, okay, that is the magic question, right? Okay, so let's say the kid's like, ah, uh, right? Like, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, of course, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just, it's just going to be weird if I say something. But I think it's still worth it for the parent to say, okay, but let me just spitball what you might say. Like, let me lay out some language for you just to, like, think about a little bit. So the parent might say, you know, what if you did say, and maybe not to all three of them at once, maybe you go find, you know, the kid that you trust the most or are the closest with and say, look, hey, you know, you guys are posting stuff on TikTok and, you know, obviously, you know, you're free to get together without me. Like, obviously, you're not obliged to invite me, but is there anything I should know? Have I done something or said something or somehow hurt you Mm -hmm. in a way that made you feel like you didn't want me there, right? And sometimes like a kid might be like, no, 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 no. And then they hear the language and they're like, oh, that's not completely off the wall. Or, 
I could um, I could try that or I could try my you know sixth grade mm-hmm. version of that. But it's worth it, even as a kid's like, I will never do that, right? And most kids are going to be like, I will never do that. Rena, there's still value in the parent playing that all the way out for the kid to hear how a person might respectfully assert themselves in that interaction. So where have you seen this like in real life work? Like what, what, do, what do kids say at that age that could get them to kind of confront them but also have the courage to do it? Like, is there a saying, is there a slogan? Like, how do they get into this? Because I just don't see my kids ever doing something like that, being able to do that, right, at that age. Exactly. And like the language I used sounds like the 52-year-old woman that I am. It's not like sixth grade language. Um, You know, and I think that when we give kids scripts, it's, I always say to them, like, here's how I would say it as a middle-aged lady, like, you will figure out your version of this. And here's what I will say, Rena, in terms of like how this really ever plays out in real life. I think about this a little bit like football. Okay, so here's my weird metaphor for this. So you know how in football, like you don't get a touchdown on every play. You just gain yards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the scoreboard does not change at all. But that doesn't mean you haven't made some progress. And, you know, you may lose possession and then regain possession and then get some more yards. So for me, every one of those conversations with a kid, when you're like, well, you could say this, or what if you tried that? And the kid's like, yeah, no, never going to happen, right? Like, to me, you may actually be gaining yards, but the scoreboard hasn't changed. You may need to have that conversation literally 10 times over three years. And then suddenly, three years later, the kid says to the other kids, you guys, like, how come I wasn't invited? Like, you don't Mm -hmm. have to invite me, but like, how come? Mm -hmm. Okay, touchdown, touchdown. And you were gaining yards all those years you were gaining yards. And, And I think that that's the part where in so much of parenting, we can't despair if we're like, I coached the kid and then they mm-hmm. went back on the field and nothing happened, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's right. We have to be like, I coached the kid, they went back on the field, they gained two yards, they lost possession. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's how we have to think about it. That's how we have to think about that it. That is really good. Like, even though they might not be, you know, dancing in the end zone with a touchdown, that gaining those yards by making these small steps can actually add up to a significant moment down the road. Down the road, like they're thinking about it. They're thinking about right, it. Right, right. So maybe could it be as simple as, as them just saying, so you guys all hung out and just as a way to be like, I saw you. Like, I, I know you guys were all there. And maybe that's just the opening. Maybe that's the opening. And maybe the kid is sort of saying like, you guys can hang out, but like, you don't have to stick my face in it, right? Yeah, I mean, like there's other right. also things in here that could be done more graciously than the scenario I imagined. But Again, it's like getting into that idea of like we work through the kid, we think with the kid, we coach the kid, we're patient with the kid. We don't assume that our upset and their upset are the same level of upset. We work really with their experience of it. Okay, but we got to think this all the way through the arena. So say that the kid's like, I will take it under advisement. (laughs) I I hear, I hear your coaching. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to think about it. I think then, you know, of course, a parent in this scenario would be tempted to pick up the phone right, and call the other parents, especially, say, the host who knew yeah, that, who was that coming. Was my next question to you is, you know, if you're a parent, at what point, because obviously that's going to, you're going to feel bad that 
your kid was left out. At what point do you take action and contact the other parent who is your friend? This is tough, right? So one question I would have is, where does your kid stand on that? Which, Let's say the know, kid has felt like, left out. Like it's really hurting yeah. the kid and they're upset. So what? how do you have that conversation with your friend? Right. Well, so the, but what I think you might want to ask your kid is, do you want me to talk to, you know, number two's mom? <laughs> right. Like, mm-hmm. do you, you know, the, the party was over at number two's house. Like, do you want me to reach out to number two's mom and see what the story is? And what if it's a no? Don't. Yeah. Do and some kids might be like, are you kidding me like that? Right. I will never be able to show my face in the sixth right. grade again. Right. That's something to take very seriously. Right. It's at affecting your level. friendship. It's affecting your friendship with this this person, this other adult. It is. So like you, you want to clear the air for yourself. But if the kid is telling you don't, what do you do that? That's so hard, right? I mean, I would say that's probably the hardest version of all of this is if your kid's like, I'm in pain and I do not want you to say anything. I think the parent has to think really long and hard about what they should do. The thing I would bring into this is at some level, the adults have a lot more freedom about who they hang out with than the kids do. Like the kids all have to go to school together. Good they point. are going to be lab partners. They are going to be, you know, group project partners. And if your kid is like, to make sixth grade possible, it makes a huge difference to me if you don't call so-and-so's mom. I think we take that pretty seriously because it's not like we are like required to hang out with so-and-so's mom, right? Yeah, and going to yeah. be assigned to a group project with so-and-so's mom. We don't really have to repair it. We might want to. But we have other friends and other options for friends. And so one thing is just to be, I mean, I'm not saying this is a great resolution. It's really not a resolution. But I think that's something we want to think through. But what if the kid's like, I don't care. Call her, I don't care. Whatever. Right? I mean, that's, I think, another really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So say, yeah, what do you I'm just trying to think of, like, what's the most realistic scenario? And I think- if I were that kid, I would not want you to reach out to the other parent. I know you're friends with the other parent. Don't bring it up. But it's complicating my – like maybe I'm I'm out playing tennis or we're both in a gardening club together or, you know, we're going to – we work together. You know, there are so many situations where you're going to cross paths and it's gnawing at me. And I'm, I'm one of these people when something bothers me, I have to deal with it. I can't just put yeah. it aside. I've got to deal yeah. with it. So how can I do this in a way that doesn't screw everything up? Yeah. Okay. So let's say maybe you're not going to ask the kid for permission, right? Maybe you really need to sort this out. And and you describe scenarios where that could happen, like it's the neighbor or you guys play tennis together. Or, you know, it happens all the time, Rena, where it's siblings whose kids are friends and then not friends, right? Mm, like it's like point. your own sister, right? And then suddenly things are getting weird. And like, you got to talk to your sister. <laughs> like you got to, you know, you got to try to sort it out. So then I think what we would want to do is to be, to give it every possibility of going well, right, is I think how we want to approach it. So what I wonder if, if this parent does call another parent about this scenario, you know, make it as likely as possible that the other parent will handle it well. And to do that, I think it would involve saying something like, hi, this is a little awkward and I hope you don't mind me reaching out about it. But we were home on, you know, Saturday night, and I saw that you had the other two girls over, and it felt really weird for my kid. And I just wanted to check in to see if there's something we should know, if there's something I should know. Like, I just wanted to get your take on it, right? Like, 
assume you don't have all the information because you probably don't have all of the information. Because that parent could very well say back, your kid has been talking bad about my daughter. Like, you have no idea what you don't know. That's a great point. That's a great point. And so- when go you, gentle into this. Go yeah. gentle. You always give us great phrasing. And like, what is something roughly I could say to that friend of mine where my child is now excluded that won't put her on the defensive? It might open the door to help you understand a little bit more about the situation that you might not know. Well, actually, I think you've got it right there, which is to say, you could say, now I understand I am working only with my kid's take on mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I understand that my kid's take is incomplete. But here's what happened the other night, right? And I just wanted to run it by you because I really value our friendship. I really love your daughter, right? And I just want to like, you know, see if there's more I should know. I just want to think it through with you. But, you know, again, like sort of appealing to this idea of we have only a sliver of information. We don't really know the whole story when we appeal to people as wanting to understand this with us and being good-hearted, we tend to bring that out in them. I think that that's really the way to go at it because here's the thing. You cannot determine outcomes here. You can't make those kids take your kid back. Like mm-hmm. You just cannot do it. Mm-hmm. What you can determine is the process by which this gets resolved, mm-hmm. right? Like. And it can be a good process or a bad process. And so, like, even if the other parent says, okay, here's the deal, actually. Your kid was trashing my kid and those other two girls. And they didn't want to invite her. And I didn't feel like I could make them. You can be like, okay, I am really glad you let me know. And I'm, you know, I appreciate you being honest with me. I mean, like, you could do all sorts of things that would leave open the possibility of maintaining that friendship, would leave open the possibility of doing good coaching with your kid. But if you go in guns blazing, assuming you know the whole story, you're probably going to shut a good process down. Ooh, that's good to keep in mind because I would go, I would be the one going in guns blazing because nobody likes their kids hurt, right? Or feeling left that's out. That's it. Nobody. Exactly, right? Like that is the thing. That is, that is the thing that like as a parent, we are not designed to be impassive if our kid is being hurt, right? We are designed to become protective. That mama bear instinct, of Mm -hmm. course, is going to come to the fore. And what we have to remember is everybody's got that instinct or should have that instinct. So if you go attacking somebody else's kid, you know what you're going to get? Their mama bear instinct. (laughs) (laughs) So So you got to be really careful about how you go about this. You know, Lisa, before we wrap it up, I'm just curious, there are so many scenarios where, you know, it could be your your kids are friends with their cousins and um, suddenly they have a falling out or there's reasons why you, your families are like really closely intertwined. What are things, if you are friends with your kids' friends' parents, what are some sort of basic ground rules that you think should always be, you should keep in mind that, that will help when this type of situation happens because it's very often, you know, kids go through so many things in adolescence that there could be this moment of tension. Absolutely. It's a great question, right? And when it works, it's wonderful, right? I mean, there are families who go on vacation with their dear friends and the kids all have a blast and it's fantastic. So there's a lot of reasons why, you know, we might as adults lean into this. I really think you just want to go in eyes wide open. Like you just don't want to be naive and assume that kids aren't going to end up you know, either growing in different directions or having an issue with each other that is very real and understandable. And so 
I think, you know, yeah, absolutely. If it works for you to be friends with your kids' friends' parents, that's fine. But, you know, be open to the possibility that the vacation you schedule six months from now may not work as well six months from now as it would today. And 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 schedule vacations if you're going to do it knowing that and planning mm-hmm. for that possibility. Mm. Well, I never thought about this. And as you enter adolescence and things change and kids have opinions, why do they have opinions? Why do they grow up and have opinions? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so much easier when they're little sometimes. <laughs> Give them a snack and and work towards a special treat and they're fine. Those days are over for some of yep. us. Yep. Well, thank you, Lisa. What do you have for us for Parenting to Go? For Parenting to Go, I want to underscore something from this episode, which is we don't know very much about the complexities of kids' social lives, even when we think we do. And when I picture like a seventh grade lunchroom, for me, the activity in that lunchroom is happening in like 50 dimensions. And our kid comes home and tells us one or two dimensions. And anytime we want to guide them or weigh in or maybe make a phone call, we want to remember we are 48 dimensions short of understanding what was really going on in that situation. And so our goal largely will be to ask questions, seek guidance, be open-minded. We very rarely have the whole story and we never want to forget that. Hard to keep in mind when your emotions are full ahead and and hard to ignore sometimes. Absolutely. And when your kids hurt. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Well, I'll see you next week, Lisa. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.